0: is Mariah Karina here with Arakai Moon and we're continuing our series going through the zodiac stopping at every single sign and maybe sharing some of the more anecdotal things that we've noticed but actually really focusing on diving deep on identifying some of the heart of the sign the sort of essence dynamic of the sign and today we're going to be talking about Leo I was listening to another evolutionary astrologer named Tom Jacobs, who's really interesting. He channels a lot. And so he has some kind of unique alternative perspectives on some of the signs. But what he was saying is when you're looking at Pluto and in evolutionary astrology, we see Pluto as the core evolutionary desire of the soul. So that forceful desire that led to even incarnating in this life is mirrored in the Pluto signature. And he was saying, when you're looking at some, at the Pluto, one of the ways that you can start to enter through the portal is to ask yourself, what's the worst thing that would happen to a person in a lifetime relative to this Pluto? Right. And if you're looking at it through that lens, you can kind of start to get a sense of what is some of the trauma that this soul has gone through? What's some of the karma that they've incurred that's now lodged in their etheric bodies that is driving and motivating their current desires? And this really helps me, as someone with a fifth house, Pluto, start to understand Leo. Because if you think you see someone with Pluto and Leo, for example, what is the worst thing that could happen to someone around the Leo part of their being? Developmentally, Leo is part of the social-sexual development, our ability and capacity to experience pleasure, to play, to shine, and to be seen. And even when I was starting my spiritual awakening, Um, I've been living in my head for most of my life with a very limited idea of who I was. And I had this super dramatical spiritual awakening my last semester in college. And it's like the Akashic records broke. Like my entire karma dam just burst forth and all of this deep information came to me. And you might believe in past lives. You might not. Evolutionary comes from Vedic astrology. So it's rooted in a paradigm that is really strongly believes in past lives, but I think also the past life information is core and intrinsic to the way that we understand things. We learn through narrative and we're actually able to digest and integrate bundles and bundles of more data through narrative than we are through linear bullet points or, you know, dry non-fictional facts or something like that. And when I was first having this spiritual awakening, I just got these images of lifetimes after lifetimes, whatever you think that might be. But it was information about what it felt to me, like information about what I might be carrying in my karmic inheritance, in my ancestral lineage and in my etheric body. And it was all images of, um, being in sex slavery. So content warning here being in sex slavery, being a child sex slave, being um, gay and murdered, having like my dick cut off and my throat slit and my eyes gouged out and hung up in the central town square for being gay for my sexuality. I even... So much of like being like a test subject, like kind of like a human guinea pig when they were trying to invent diseases like AIDS, being kept in a cage, being served toenail clippings. So many images of being sexually molested by my father, of being like his special little pet and feeling so chosen by that, so loved, so special, which now that I'm a therapist is actually very common with children who experience sexual assault is the sense of feeling very special, which we know is also very cordialio. And even having images of lifetimes where like, maybe I was a muse or maybe I was a priestess, but then having that exploited and stripped and taken from me, uh, being in some sort of ceremony, like a female circumcision ceremony where they just cut my entire clitoris off, which sometimes I still like, if I'm shaving my legs in the shower, we'll get these like visceral images of like, I might slip and that happens just to be a little TMI. But I think these are some of the, the sort of darker elements of what can happen to us in our social sexual development, in our sort of innocent, an almost childlike desire to experience play and pleasure. And I know this is kind of starting this episode off heavy, but I think it's really key to understanding just how deep and core this leo energy is to our actual energetic functioning and to our ability to express and create. I think the other other than sort of the sexual content or the enslavement of my energy content the biggest thing that came was about being murdered for my words, being murdered for who I am, being murdered for being, um, outside of the social convention of the time of being too bright, of being too noticed, which crosses over into some of that sexual stuff of being too flirty, of being too pretty, of being too aggressive or, um, Others wanting to feel aggressive towards you, wanting to own you. So I'm kind of going on and on here just because I think the level of what we hold inside of Leo is actually so deep to us. And a lot of the characterizations of Leo can be so superficial.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so, um, yeah, deeply rocked by everything you just said because there's so much um you know narcissism or arrogant flippant um you know drama you know stereotypes of leo and i feel like it's it's requires so much courage to be in the fires of our desires and of our true true expression and to actually liberate that is to me, like, the, the biggest activist, like, journey that we could be on in this lifetime, because I feel like our core essence and, like, the way that it's expressed is that place inside of Leo, like, after the imprinting Um, the deep imprinting of childhood and like everything that we went through in cancer of who do we belong to and how do we get our needs met and are we emotionally safe and secure and then that place where we truly experience like what our actual desires and pleasure are and then how do we express that and share it then with the, the world in the next you know the rest of the zodiac wheel the signs that come after that and I think that when people have Pluto or Saturn in the fifth house or in Leo, it's so much those imprints of childhood of like, we are not like something is deeply shameful about who we are and what we want and the extraction of the earth and the extraction of all of our energy. I feel like it's so, it's such a collective wound but the way that you are embodied and, like, such a devotee to this, you're such a liberator, you know, and such an ally for people's true oh, essences. Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, me. Oh, yes. And that's why I think it's, like, such a gift of, like, having you really bring this very gravity, <laughs> real reflection of, of the trauma of Leo, because then we can move into understanding like what its actual true desires are. But like the value of it to me cannot be expressed enough, you know?
0: Yes, like Leo is the heart. It's our heart. It's our ability to love. It's our ability to give and receive. And it's the sun, which to me is like our psychological coherence. And creativity itself is a function of, to me, what feels like a healthy human system. Like our natural default is to be creative beings. And it's so easy to um, dismiss that to, yeah, like you said, dismiss Leo as being like self-involved and narcissistic or all about their hair. And it's true. A lot of people with Leo do have a big hair process. (laughs) but you know also (laughs) cultures all over the world have had mythical associations with hair and
1: included hair in a lot of their rituals and a lot of like generational cultural trauma i mean look what the native americans have experienced the indigenous people have experienced trauma around their hair Mm -hmm. like the antennae to spirit the these deep places where i feel like it's connected um the teeth and the hair feel very Spirit and ancestral, yes, oriented.
0: Yes, even just um, one of those visions that I had was of them shaving our heads before they burnt us in the gas chambers in Nazi Germany. Mm. Like why?
1: And, and there's something about the,
0: our our ability to shine. I think that's in our hair. Something about our ability to be radiant, to take up space, to be living in the full double torus electromagnetic gloriousness of our. Existence of our heart-centered existence as little mini suns on in the universe
1: mm-hmm. that is completed by our hair, and the way that hair has been such a control and shaming process of of women and of the feminine, yes, and like just the way that hair itself contains so much of the essence of someone. It's like really palatable when you are with a woman.
0: Yeah, I was going to say hair on your head, but hair all over your body.
1: Uh-huh. You can feel the essence of that person very, very strong. <laughs> and um yeah, I just I just think that's that's so fascinating.
0: Very much, and I love what you said on all of these Abrahamic religions, religions are often seeking to control people's sexual social development and channel their creative energy and a lot of those same religions have very strict rules and regulations and protocols around hair whether it's covering your hair in judaism or in islam whether in the hindu tradition they have all of these different rituals that involve cutting your hair
1: yeah that's what i think is interesting too it feels like this very um interesting dance between deep embodiment of the earth and also like transcendence and spirit my friend is like shaving or the growing often like aid in that spiritual connection my friend richard inty from the amazon he in his tradition your hair is
0: your antennas to the bird people and you know i think looking at its polarity point aquarius aquarius for me is like this great liberator this great activist of society but i think leo in its true form is an activist and a liberator of the individual spirit of the individual heart energy creative loving body.
1: And that's what I think it's interesting too when you were saying it, you know it's represented by the sun and to me it's oftentimes where the sun is it's like where we want to like give our energy. We want to like give our sons away. And in fact, I think that we do that with a lot of places in our chart. We want to give the parts of us that I think that we like identify egoically that we have. We want to give that to others. And then where we have the animus, right? The animus is where we like, or is it the anima? Um, Anima is feminine. Animus is masculine. Oh, gotcha. So it's like wherever we feel like we don't have, then we want to receive that from the external, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, I feel like there's something about Leo that like when it's hijacked in that this is what I need to perform, this is what I need to give in order to receive the validation, receive the safety, receive the the worth or whatever it is. Um, instead of being like deeply rooted and open to that, expansion and also evolution of what we actually are like the actualization of our sun the discovering of our own essence and then how that is the gift you know like that sun shining on everyone just because it is the sun is what makes the world go round is what gives us life you know here on earth and I think when we hijack that process it's so easy to enslave people. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to then become so addicted and codependent, and all of these other things, like the way that we feed our energy into patriarchy or capitalism. It's it's a hijacking of, I think, a, a big part of our Leo essence, like how we want to even capitalize on our own essence. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. monetize it. Yeah, extract from it. Mm-hmm. And Leo is
0: also theater, right? In terms of a lot of the signs have a different arts associated with them and Leo is theater. And to me, I think that's what you're saying, which is where we could just plug our energy into something um, and not go through that process of finding out what our unique son is, right? I think that's a real possibility there. And then the other one in terms of this theater aspect is you could just be playing a part Because you're getting a certain amount of applause from that, which is giving you a certain amount of light from that. But it's not actually that deep self-inquiry process. It's not actually revealing
1: the true light from the inside out. It's conforming to a role. And it takes you out of that soulful evolutionary journey because like to really be in the fires and be real and awake... And present inside of your desires and inside of your art. You know, we were just speaking earlier about like showing up and making it good enough, or not opening the heart because it's scary to like want it so bad that you like only give like certain amount, and there's like a safety inside of that. It feels, mm-hmm. but there's so much sabotage, and there's so much that the soul and the like egoic journey like, doesn't get to learn about itself. Mm -hmm. Like, it gets, like, stifled in in the process instead of, I feel like being, like, I'm going to go for this and then I'm going to be humbled by this in the expression of my dreams or in the expression of my art, you know?
0: And that, to me, is where Leo is actually really sensitive. We're still in, like, if the first quarter... Of the, zodiac. the first four signs are really about the evolution of the self. I feel like the second quarter are really about the evolution relationally. And then the last quarter is about the evolutionary evolution, sort of societally and, you know, beyond mm-hmm. with Pisces. So I feel like Leo, it's the first, it's like so relationally sensitive. Yes. And it's like, you're saying it can be so hijacked. Like if you have a child and you tell that child, like, you're going to be a great, XYZ, right? Ballerina, football star, scientist, um, whatever, you know, then the I think there is that Leo like innocent innocence that's still malleable because it still doesn't fully know itself that well, I think, sometimes. Even though it's a fixed sign, even though it's a fire sign. I feel like it's in a process of knowing itself and still has like a little bit of like malleability to, if someone says you're this, or someone says, I love you like this, there's that tendency in Leo to want to be that.
1: Right. To marginalize itself. It's so interesting though, because it's like wherever the, the planets or the archetypes are, it's like the medicine of that. They're the whole challenge. All the places where it gets worked and also shows up in its complete, like, shadow form is the opposite of it. So it's like, Leo's meant to, like, know itself and express itself. Mm-hmm. And yet so much of that process will be not knowing itself, being shamed about exactly what it is. Even if it's, like, the the idea of the stereotype of Leo would be to be the singer or the the artist or the model or the, you know, something that's on stage that's being, you know, lifted up and and um, supported for all of its, you know, adoring, leonine qualities. And yet, if it isn't the true essence that that person's wanting to actually express, it will be like the, the hollow, like, lonely, um, role and, mm-hmm. and like wound of like, maybe that person wanted to be a scientist. Yeah. And it's like the scientist that's like, oh my God, it's, they're so intelligent, but like maybe they wanted to be a singer Ooh. and it's like, it could really look any different way. It's yes. like, we, we make these archetypes of our own ideas of what the Leo would be, but it's like anything even me being awkward in a social situation. It's like, I, I often tell people to get in touch with their Leo. It's like, sometimes you don't just look super charismatic and glorious and are just like completely in your, um, essence without any sort of, you know, blockages coming up. Like a part of a starting in that is like, how do you act out and express even the places that are awkward and, Um, yes.
0: Making art from truth. Right. Because I think that's the thing is Leo is a process. If you have, I agree with you. If something is in a thing and I feel like we've hammered on this before because it's really fucking important. If there's strong signatures in one sign, it doesn't mean like you already got that. It means you're in the process of developing it. And I think we evoke these things. Our incarnation evokes these things. The planets, you know, gravitationally pull these things. They're not just pulling Leo, the rock star on stage in a shiny outfit. They're pulling all of Leo process that involves the peaks, the valleys, the nooks, the crannies, the positive, the negative, the yin-yang of this wholeness. These signs are like these whole... Territories of human possibility, of consciousness. And so, yes, just like you're imagining Leo can be surrounded by loving adorers, it can be hated, exiled, shamed, shit on, ignored, neglected, invisible, and everything in between, like all the different levels of the origami that fold in a million different ways. And Oh, you were saying about Leo. That it really is that art, like what I say is like Leo is this this journey of being able to see yourself to feel. Yourself, not what gets you more love or less love, not what would be easy for you to jump into and play the role of, not what other people might want from you, not what you think you have to be to earn love, but genuinely creating from the inside out. And like you said, from where you are right now, from being awkward. It's like starting to free write when you have writer's block about how you have nothing to write about. It's about like having your first, you know, social media post or whatever be about how you're like actually. Lonely, like I think there is so much about letting go of the performance actually and listening to that st- small, still voice inside because it's the true dimension of emotional experience that is the actual fertile ground for making art. And Absolutely. so much I think of Leos when they're happy, they're not like, Look at me in my beautiful life, but even what they're creating is just being in that authentic circuit of seeing themselves like, how am I feeling? Let me make something. Let me do a video. Let me sing a song. Let me dance. Let me move. Let me write. And oh, that's me. That's how I'm feeling. And yeah. And then going from there and building on it and creating the solar momentum right? based on sharing the true heart. And paradoxically, I think it's when we share our real feelings that we become a sun. We become the source of warmth that other people can be nourished by. All the art that I love is soulful is angsty is often like giving voice to what is difficult in my own emotional experience to articulate is, um, is bitter sweetness is pain is strange. I mean, even now I'm on this kick of reading books that are by female authors. I feel like there's this revolution happening right now where there's been such a trope of how women are portrayed in fiction written by men for so long, but now also written by women. And just, I was even reading, um, Godshot and Heartbroke by Chelsea Beaker I mean her name is or Lydia Yuknovich my writing teacher there's this revolution about even just what a woman is being written and portrayed in fiction in nonfiction in a way that I feel like it never has been before and it's coming from these people like genuinely being in that relationship with themselves putting themselves on a page to say, actually, this is my experience outside of those writing tropes of like he said and she said, and well, then I thought, and I looked to the horizon and outside of the way in which that character has been written and defined before by men, by the tradition, by the, um, conventions of writing. Mm. And that is what moves art forward. That is what moves the possibility of what even being human can be forward
1: And I feel like it's such a journey of like really trusting the muses, trusting the expression, trusting the process. You have to allow yourself to kind of leap off of the ledge because you don't know what it's going to be like as you fall into the abyss of that. But trusting like that the way that you fall or fly or whatever is a part of the entire artful performance, the worshipful <laughs> performance of it all, you know? Because, yeah, like there's something about, like when I'm singing, for instance, I have enough trust in my voice, but I also have enough trust inside of the experience of sometimes it's my own blockage. Say a note starts to come out weird, and I'll just follow it and allow, like, whereas other people might like constrict and try to sing around their blockage and I'll just like sing into it because a lot of times it's sometimes it's my blockage but a lot of times it's actually a lot of other people's almost like their experience and their constriction within it and I feel like as I'm singing into mine and allowing it to unravel it like frees it up inside of the people that are actually Participating or witness, you know watching me, and um, I think that that's something I've noticed too with like different leaders, um, you know, like Heather for instance, one of our friends. Shout out Heather! Yeah, listening to it. We love you. Hallelujah! Epic Leo. Hallelujah! And epic Leo, and and forever. I've learned so many things by the way that she shares her process and the way that she leads in that. It's like there's a leadership quality of, of Leo and um, the way that I feel like it's like having the ability to bring your own process and vulnerability through while you're meant to be the leader, while you're meant to have everything like together or anything. It's like there's, there's a, a real wisdom and and discernment I think inside of that ability for a leader to bring in their own challenges or vulnerabilities inside of it without it like completely like taking over everything but also being able to be offered into the collective and transmuted in front of everyone that allows for the entire group process to receive that transmission you know Mm -hmm. um I just think that's such a a powerful piece which it kind of made me think of when you're saying the women being written in fiction i think oftentimes women need to like wrap them their own process up in a pretty bow and then offer it you know and it's like of course patriarchy men everything but it's like our own like women's experience of trying to wrap their own experience in a pretty bow before before offering it out mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's having a huge transformation of just like, this is my experience. And kind of being in that, like what you were saying, the Lizzo being like, I am a hundred percent that bitch, even when I'm screaming and crying, even when I'm crazy crying, Lizzo has that song. It goes, I'm a hundred
0: percent that bitch. And people will say that part and be like empowered by it. Like, yes, I am a hundred percent that bitch. And she just wrote this thing on social media. And it's like, even when I'm crazy crying is the next line and people don't say that. And she's saying, you have to say the whole thing is the spell is the magic is the medicine, because it's like, you don't just love yourself when you're feeling like, "Mm, I'm that bitch. You love yourself and you feel you embrace your wholeness, even when you're crazy crying.
1: And I feel like that's such a, a representation of what we're speaking about in Leo of like really the part of Leo would be devoted to like not only the parts where it's like looking good on stage or feels put together or feels that it's expressing what everyone know, like what it knows that everyone wants, but that devotion to like actually just expressing it all yes, and discovering it all and off that be the offering.
0: And I love what you're saying about the leadership because whereas the polarity point Aquarius is ruled by Saturn and does have a lot of leadership potential because it is leading from the outside looking in right from the top looking down from like this full structured systems analysis understanding Leo is the sun it's leading from the center it's leading from the heart out and I think it is when it's able to yeah like with awareness and with you know right timing and all of that find what's going on in its own process and um it sets the tone for everything else and it determines how much play, how much joy, how much vulnerability, how much yumminess, how much warmth is allowed in a system or not. And it makes me think of, um, if it is theater, there's so much anthropological and cultural study on, the sacred role of theater, mm-hmm. especially in ancient times, and about how a group of people come and they're in this deep spell of being an audience member, which is such a particular state of consciousness. And there on stage, these entire psychodramas, the entire mythologies are acted out. And in a way, it's sort of the catharsis for the culture, it's the catharsis for the village and it's those stories that are there that are being embodied and perform that are also maybe in a Neptunian way as well as in a heart-centered way shaping the collective culture that everyone's then a part of and I think the it's so easy to look at maybe like more Saturnian ways of leading and being like oh we can obviously see that's leadership but really understanding like how how it looks when our emotions guide us, when our stories guide us, when our play guides us. It's like another piece that often gets overlooked. Hmm. And I think also in terms of theater, a lot of those rituals were theatrically enacting scapegoating ceremonially so that the scapegoating didn't have to happen sociologically and politically. And everyone would get their kind of catharsis out in this form where it was art and it was actually offered to the gods and I think losing that often results in a lot of like Leo being scapegoated right and a lot of like shaming around pleasure and play and expression and policing around that yeah
1: and the media and the stories the cu- like cultural like rituals theatrical rituals have been hijacked you know, and I think that it's interesting, too, of, like, what you're saying about the scapegoating and the and the offering it up. It's like a, the Leo becomes, like, a cultural or collective archetype. Mm-hmm. And then when it's sacrificed in yeah. that way, then it's also fed back in because it gives the individuals, like, the responsibility and the invitation to then—they can't just project— that onto this one being, they have to like internalize now and like take the responsibility to act out the part of them that's wanting to, to be acted out in that. You know. Wait, what? Sorry, I didn't follow. Like, like I feel like um, there's there's so many that, you know, we give our dreams or our art, our creativity, our. Um, so much of our, our essence desires over to TV, over to our musicians or whatever the, the creators are, right? Yeah. And I think that there's something about... And we like, just become passive audience members exactly. of, like, whatever Netflix is like putting out. just, like, consume that instead of be in the actual dance in my own yeah. creation. Instead of create. And I think something about that sacrificial ritual that you're speaking about um, that we no longer have in in like as, as conscious of a way right mm-hmm. um I think we're definitely sacrificing our celebrities um I think a lot of celebrity now is scapegoat ritual right actually it's like but not as conscious no and, not at all or not conscious at all right and 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 therefore it doesn't give the audience the like patan of mm-hmm. responsibility of like now this is the place where you We offer it up, we sacrificed it, and now you internalize that and and integrate that within yourself and find your own artful expression. No, it's just a continual scapegoating ritual where nothing ever gets completed. Because there's this thing about needing to, you know, being seduced, putting the the Leo up on the pedestal and then wanting to take it down because Mm -hmm. there's a place where we've lost our power or Mm -hmm. our creative authorship inside of that. Mm -hmm. And that's still staying in that victim mentality. Totally. You know, and I, I think it's really powerful the the Aquarian, um, because there's also a deep scapegoating in Aquarius. And just the fact that it's like represented by Saturn, I always feel like in order to be an artist, in order to really truly be able to give yourself a chance not only to just be an artist, but also just to be in touch with your own desires to be in touch with actually expressing your desires in a way that is empowered, you need to take authorship. You need to take responsibility and create that container. And oftentimes we are longing for the container to be created for us. Mm -hmm. um, And or longing for those that express that that we're wanting to express and then needing to like tear them down Mm -hmm. or push them away in order to like find ourselves and self-actualize that part of ourselves Mm -hmm. which makes sense but I think that there's a lot of um uh sabotage and hugely you know burning of bridges and Mm -hmm. um circus games really that that come out inside of just not being um, able to own your own desires and yeah. feeling victimized about your desires, mm-hmm. you know? And I think part of it is because, and we touch on this, if y'all want to check out, we
0: did another one called really seeing the fifth house where we talk about some of these dynamics. But I think part of it is because entering into that fray of putting yourself out there feels so scary and so terrifying you know, like we do live in a very narcissistic age. You're either a scapegoat or you're a golden child. And I feel like, and that's going to be different for every single pair of eyes watching you. And so that's, part of the Leo dilemma is you can either play this role and try to be the perfect golden child, or you can go out on a limb, go against the culture society and you're going to be scapegoated and you're going to get this huge mix of both. No matter what, it's like you were talking about in Australia, they have that saying called tall poppy syndrome, because if anyone even tries to stand out, everyone else is going to try and push them back in and um, cut you down to size. Like if the tall poppy gets cut, is the idea, so that everybody stays in this kind of mediocre, controllable range of their own expression. And I just feel like even Jessa Reed, shout out Jessa Reed if you're listening to this, you're one of my all-time heroes, She's like this math addict turned stand-up comedian turned channel who teaches on manifestation, genius, go check her out, Jessa Reed. But she has this thing, there was one moment where she was poised to almost become famous, she was at that level and had so much support behind her. And she realized that she was sabotaging her own fame because she didn't want to be hated. And part of being right. in the public spotlight, part of putting yourself out there, you know, it's like, Leo, wow, you get in touch with your tender heart of hearts. There it is, your beautiful little sprout. And you put it out there and you just get pummeled with love, hate, being ignored, being this, being that, being um, hunted by people who want more of you. It's not necessarily fun. Um, and so I think that's one thing for Leo to be in this little, you know, heart listening process with itself, but that's what I mean. The sensitivity to of being relationally with it is you're putting yourself out there and you're just making yourself so vulnerable. Absolutely. To what exists. Like, being one. famous is being hated. Like, anything you put on the internet is just going to get, like, hate comments yeah. mixed in with everything else.
1: And it's one thing, when you are being a role, there's a little bit of a guard and detachment or, a, yeah, a shield around that because it's not your, your, your deepest of places mm-hmm. being expressed, you know? And I think that that courage and vulnerability is so profound inside of Leo and is so vulnerable because it's the thing that gets shined out and we do live in a society that's extremely shamed and repressed and monetized and I think that where you have that tall poppy syndrome like experience like where we have the places of true power liberation and that Devotion, even if it's in the process, like like nobody's like in true power and liberation at all moments with who they are. But when you are expressing that, it will trigger the parts of people that are repressed, the parts of people that are in, um, yeah, uh, in shame of their own desires, in shame of who they are, and that part of them that they are killing inside of themselves will come out and try to demonize you. You know, it's it's very I would love to be like if we if you just open up, you'll have endless support. <laughs> and like the opposite. It's actually. the opposite. B- bitches mm-hmm. will try to tear you down, and I think that like what feels so powerful about rap <laughs> is um and I think of Beyonce. Like there's like a fierceness that I think that we have to really a fierceness and a devotion to a yourself and like that endless you know discovery of oneself no matter the outcome and that mastery around being able to offer it and then also um like be open to sharing in that tantric connection with the audience and then also being able to let go and detach from their adoration or their approval their validation right and then the other piece is a devotion to i think what are you like what what are you expressing for beyond just yourself you know that i think like the muses for instance yeah you know, like who are yes. your gods who are you know that if you're if you're singing who are you really singing for and mm-hmm. something about that in my experience anyways something about that devotion allows for that to be cleansed inside of like whatever human invalidation that I might receive or whatever times that I might be the golden child. It feels so good. Like see as she says, if you believe the good, you'll also believe the bad. And I think that's so powerful because I love it. When I feel like the golden child, I love feeling adored. Right. And, and received and like I'm making a difference and an impact, but I also put it on the altar when I feel like I'm being Black Moon Lilith and I'm being demonized and scapegoated and I put it on the altar of what I actually am creating for mm-hmm. a lot and I think that that gives more fuel to um, the fire of my, of my creation and that feels really like an antidote to this or, or a powerful filter to try on. hmm for this experience with Leo. Yeah. That's been helpful for me
0: too. It's just like, it's not me creating it. It's like, even the sun shining is being lit by, you know, Mm -hmm. um, these stars burning inside it. Even it's being fueled by, you know, maybe many, many suns all connected together and maybe a big galactic sun at the center or something like that. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: yeah, that I am creating, um, that creation is happening through me.
1: Right. And it's not always just you that they're demonizing. hmm right? right. They're demonizing. And, like, really taking it. It's, like, that, that journey of, like, the self and the other feels really strong in that Leo Aquarius axis of, like, how that artist is all about the self. But it's also this, yeah, collective prayer, mm-hmm. collective archetype. Yes. And it will be... Glorified, worshipped, and sacrificed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> again, and again. about the
0: self, like that's why I think it's the activism. Liberating the self is actually right up there with liberating society.
1: And what I think about that is like that craving and aversion thing, because it's like when I say you will be worshipped and you will be crucified. Mm-hmm. There's something about the opening of the heart mm-hmm. to allowing yourself to want it to allowing yourself to learn from it, to mm-hmm. allowing yourself to become it, and then also mm-hmm. allowing yourself to be received and not be received. Mm-hmm. And like how much learning, because I think that so many times we can be like, oh, I didn't do it right. Or that there, it feels like we're like clinging to the the part of the process where it's where we're actually getting that Leo validation mm-hmm. that you know we've been received, we've made an impact. But I think that actually the feeling of not being received, of not making an impact, of of being you know of we, doing it wrong, of doing it wrong, of being of being wrong, mm-hmm. like just straight up who we are is wrong. I think that is just as much a valid experience of Leo. Like it's yeah. a valid part of that transformative process to purify our own leo expressions you know yeah and now these days it's like if that's happening i
0: also think i'm doing something right yeah because if we really do find what is our creation to bring forth what is our unique sun to shine it's not going to be for everyone you know so i think part of that addictive loop to doing it right And being well-received is part of what keeps us from our essence. Exactly. So, yeah, there's learning in there, and there's always more learning. And I know we're getting to the end of our time. We've focused a lot on creativity, but I do think just pleasure and sexuality is a really big part of here and playfulness. And um, uh, just, I think, something that I've gotten a lot of flack for in my life is being a flirt and, um, that that's been so sh- shamed. And so I do, I think it's like, there can be a real immaturity in Leo,
1: obviously, and like a, uh, and an immaturity in the way that people respond to Leo. also. <laughs> but I think in terms of like, there's a big difference between someone who's a flirt and someone who knows their flirt, first of all, but, um, but I just, which is also another word I think for seduction. Yeah and sharing desire and sharing fire and, play mm-hmm. with and that. being playful and being playful with that and inspiring why people put down seduction and flirtation is because it inspires desire and then they feel victimized by that desire oftentimes and then they judge it or they run from it because they lost themselves or, or they they're afraid to lose themselves yeah and they know? try and
0: own it and control it and lock it up in a little cage or in, like, a repressive religion or in a golden castle Um,
1: because they don't trust it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I just think it's been wild over the course of my life because I feel like maybe all those resonances of some of those past lives that I saw when I first had my spiritual awakening have been there in the way that people have responded to me being flirtatious. That I really have been able to see the way that people respond to someone expressing, in my case, I think very innocently, like pleasure, joy, playfulness, and the desire to share fire. That has been so much shame and public shaming and attempts to own me from and control me and to exile and to uh, try and morally or can politically or Dogmatically convince me about why what I'm doing is wrong. I think those experiences mirror where we are in terms of a society and a culture relative to that energy.
1: I don't think that we speak culturally about the sexual expression of why the witches were so tortured and the gay, and gay people included and the wizards um, exactly. But a lot of it had to do with, with uh, sexual expression and just independence and, you know, this this desire for, for pleasure and ind- yeah independence.
0: And maybe that's part of, why, Leo is relationally sensitive. Also, is just how heavy that is in the karmic memory or in all of our etheric bodies, about how we have had to shift and modulate and hide and then reveal in, you know, socially allowed circumstances this aspect of our being.
1: And I think what's so interesting, too, is, you know, with monogamy and um, just relationships, I feel like there's, there's a way in which, like, oh, okay, we can only express this part of us with our intimate partner, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's only for them. And there's been this like whole interesting thing about, you know, like with it's like the sexual social development of the of when we're children. And there's like this relationship with our mother and father for the most part, or mothers and fathers, whatever family constellation we had, but it's there's this way in which there was yeah, it's it's very much gridded into the family and then offered to the partner. And I think so much of that also gets Yeah, contorted and controlled, and we become susceptible to each other's shaming and shutdowns and roles, and I think that that increases the, like, Leo role um, sensitivity too yeah do you know what i mean totally like if we're playing out these roles with our partners and like they have these blockages and they have these ways of like our liberation shut them down or make them feel insecure or power games and all these i would like to say that we're not working that out but i am a relational therapist and so i know <laughs> <laughs> um that we are in, inside of a lot of relationships inside of most Actually, and I think that there is a place where that Leo evolution gets really stunted, and I want to even say held hostage, because... There's something really vulnerable and powerful about it, and it's beautiful when we have partnerships and relationships where we can really evolve and and also deepen, you know, that expression. There's so many places where that's happening too, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but I do think that it's really easy to get isolated and kind of like in couple island with this, and therefore the part of us and our own individual Leo expressions. Is is almost just given over to that partner, mm-hmm. and um, it takes a lot of awareness and personal responsibility, and also like you know relational or couple um, awareness to mm-hmm. not to not fall into that isolation mm-hmm. and um, almost like sacrificial mode, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's such a
0: monogamy is so weird. I mean, it has, I mean, like makes so much sense, right? I'm like all for a tantric union. And I also think it really is beautiful to like commit and have, have a partner, partner. Yeah. in life and all that.
1: And I love there's, the high dream of monogamy. Don't yeah, get me wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like that container, that container where things can go deep. I feel it, but it is also just, you know, it's not separate from the mess of the history that we live in of like, yeah, till death do us part and I own your genitals and you have and your no, expression. you have nothing. None of that's allowed to exist outside of me. I mean, even it makes me think when I was first like starting to dirty talk after going through like lots of, I think, sexual empowerment, so much of the dirty talk that I even thought to do was that fucking code. Cause it was, um, what do you like, mean? like you it was like,
1: <laughs> Can can you talk like to us, Mariah? All-
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay, now I'm self-conscious. The boss came. No, but it was so Who's much of day? like, yeah, take it. It's all Ooh. for you. This is your pussy. You own it. Like, it's Ooh. yours. Mm-hmm.
1: I want you to be obsessed with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you dirty talk. But
0: I think mine, especially being, you know, a woman getting with men, it was so much like, it's all for you. It's all yours. Take it. Like, I'm totally yours. I give you everything. I give you all of me. Own me. Take me. Do me. All this stuff like that. And I was like, why am I saying that? Like, why is this what's coming out? It was almost like, even in my dirty talking, I was like, pledging. I was, like, imprisoning myself, pledging it to them.
1: Right. And it's giving a lot of power. That's so what I mean. It makes it vulnerable. You know, there's so many couples that have so many, you know, like, not, like, not maybe while they're in the relationship, but afterwards. I feel like so many people are experiencing, like, what um, they describe as toxicity or narcissism or, or some deep codependence, right? And it's, like, it makes it so easy for those things to happen, when we pledge like that exactly right exactly
0: and i've realized so much of that was because of this disempowerment that i also see in a lot of other women where it's like i need someone else to open me i need someone right. else to ravage me and there's a reality to that like i do think there's a also place also not a whore
1: I'm not a slut if I like I'm right. opening this deep if I'm this wild but I'm only wild with you only it's only you. for you only you it's all yours it's only for you then daddy shame the will shame me Claim. yeah it's right true. and that's when also the witches being you know the women being burnt um degraded called whores whatever it was tortured like, raped Yeah, the complete control and domination of the woman was because there was a threat to that, it's all you. Mm -hmm. There was like, maybe it's, maybe there's multiple. (laughs) Maybe it's not just only yours. Yeah. And And maybe a woman can have her own life. It's like, oh no, then you're a fucking whore. Then we need to kill you. Like, your
0: autonomy is so threatening to me. I need to kill you. Your
1: pleasure and power is that threatening.
0: Yes. And I was even in a relationship with someone who so loved the idea of empowering me. And then as soon as I got empowered, tried to tear me down because it was like Mm -hmm. him being the one empowering me is still, he's on top. He's He's the king and I'm his little pleasure bunny, just feeding him energy and warm feminine yumminess. And he gets to feel good about himself well, he has me in the cage. And then as soon as I was like starting to feel empowered and challenging him and actually seeing us more as equals, right? he hated it, freaked out, and tried to destroy me. And it was because of that autonomy of
1: existing on my own. Can you love and support someone, <laughs> no matter what gender they are, can you really support their blossoming even when it doesn't just directly feed you back? Mm-hmm. I feel like that is such a crucial part of our evolution that I would love for us all to really be devoted to learn how to love each other in this way. And I know? feel like
0: Leo actually gets put in this thing as the narcissist where it's like, I need to be special and everyone else needs to bow down to me. And when
1: it's actually like, you need to be special for me so much of the time. <laughs> and Do you it's know, what I mean? not the Leo, but like, that's what society's saying.
0: Yeah. Be special for me. Give yeah, it all to me. Give it all
1: to me. Even when you're seduced, like I, I can be guilty of this too. Like I love seduction mm-hmm. I love being seduced and then when you're actually seduced it's like vulnerable because a it feels vulnerable to be seduced and b is it really me is it is it special is it special between it or am I being used or like remember what we were just talking about mm-hmm. like if you think the person is doing it with multiple people then it's like yeah. that kind then of distraction do- can come in of like oh is it is it special? Is it not special? Is it me being used? It's like that vulnerability of the, the energy shared, the power and the desire that's like really triggered. And I think that is a part of us that, that, um, yeah, is worthy of purifying (laughs) and like being, being with that. Cause I think that's the other,
0: that's part of that contract of that like tradition, heteronormative monogamy is like on the one hand, be special for me, give it all to me. But on the other hand, I will give it all to you because you're telling me I'm special. Right. And that's, I think too, like where the sun can be like, um, I think a lot of Leo fifth house stuff also indicates a lot of like father, dad stuff, and I mean, that was also a lot of what I was playing out with that person, but, um, <laughs> for example, but I think it was right. It's like, everyone wants to be kind of like daddy's little girl because on the one hand you're giving it all for the love of the father. But on the other hand, you're getting all the father's love telling you that you're
1: special. It's like and this all mutual the and all the support It's and this mutual the... agreement of specialness. Absolutely. Again, it's, it's, it really plays on a lot of like golden child scapegoat, narcissistic parent, government, pastors,
0: pastor, shaman, daddy, daddy, shaman, pastor. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All of those themes, you know? And I think the way that we play that out with each other, is like, for me, I really am devoted to learning how to love Mm -hmm. people, um, in a way that is still supporting their blossoming, even if it doesn't feed me, (laughs) which
0: which (laughs) I feel like is like for me, healthy Leo, for example, like with that, guy that I was dating. It was like, once I started threatening him and I wasn't just like feeding him energy, he felt, um, threatened by me and needed to affirm his dominance in the system. And then of course we went our separate ways, but I really think it was like, instead of this, Pact of specialness. I think it's like I'm special and we're all special. Like to me, that's the real open hearted, the generosity of spirit that is Leo is being able to uplift everyone because you know, you know, when you're in like a circle and people are going into the center and dancing, what's going to make that the most fun is everyone expressing and feeling good. You know, if you're in like a cipher of everyone freestyling what makes it good is when you're amping everyone up saying yeah 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 get it yeah get it you know that's what
1: I think is that like Aquarius Leo and I think I mentioned that in in our fifth house podcast but that Aquarian Leo dance can feel like such a game to me Mm -hmm. because it's like if If I'm going to be in my Leo and then I jump into my Aquarian and then I allow that space, those questions, those me playing the pan flute to the person and see how they can be the Leo. And then we all jump back. And that's that cipher that you're talking about. It's like we're all creating this Aquarian container where we can all be Leos, but to have a certain place, like we don't lose, we don't meld into like one big blob of essence or something we don't forget our shininess we don't forget what's unique about us and i think that that's something that's really a powerful part of leo is it doesn't have to just be like i'm the only special one but it can really know its specialness it can really know its essence and its power and also simultaneously be like this is everyone else's and like let's learn that
0: yes My last thought, and then we're going to wrap it up, is um, just going back to that dirty talking thing. Because I I do feel like a lot of what I had to learn was just the depths to which I was wanting this man to open me you know, that I wanted to be ravished by this man. And it was so incredibly disempowering. And then I saw these men as like these gatekeepers to keeping me from what I truly wanted. And, um, then I would engage in all kinds of like role-playing in order to get them to fall in love with me so that they would open me. And it was this whole very, um, codependent dance as opposed to It was, and to me, that's also in that shadow element of that Pluto, my Pluto fifth house stuff, because it was like wanting, um, wanting it to come from the outside, and thinking if I can figure myself in a certain way, then the outside will want me and respond to me and be that audience clapping and allow and tell me all the things about myself and you know show me the way and lift me up and all that kind of things, whereas even as a woman identified person in an assigned female body right even in the more like receptive yin polarity of things I can still be responsible for my opening like I can still be responsible for my magic I can still understand that if I am opening and sharing with someone it is my magic that is opening it's not something they're like quote-unquote doing to me and it's not something that I need from them to access and I think that's part of like being in that platonic relationship,
1: absolutely. It's like take responsibility for your desires and your opening, and get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get you. it. How <laughs> no, about for real, <laughs> <laughs> inviting that inv- invitation, like you were saying, that like yin aspect can still can still take responsibility and like invite that energy that it's desiring and be that and be that transform into that sweet on that note we love you all and we'll
0: see you next week